This is episode 69, How Highly Ambitious Women Can Deal with Burnout with Rena Van Combe. Rena is the founder and CEO of Passion Fit. She is a best-selling author and award-winning author. She is a TEDx speaker, a media social spokesperson, certified in health and wellness expert. She is a personal and professional development coach and consultant. She is also a content and marketing creator. She has graduated with a BBA in marketing and management from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and an MS in advertising and communication from Boston University. She spent years in marketing, sales, and business development leadership in roles with Google, Yahoo, and so many more. Today, she serves companies, nonprofit organizations, universities, schools, and the media through Passion Fit products, services, and content focused on fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, productivity, and a work-life balance. Rena is also a mom and a first-generation-born Indian American that lives in San Diego with her family. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. As a health professional and a mom, I fully understand the importance of having a fun, simple, and sustainable plan for achieving a responsive thyroid. So I share actionable and practical strategies for developing a responsive thyroid so that the ambitious moms and women can gain freedom from fatigue and lose the thyroid weight once and for all. Each week, I will be here for you. Along with my guest experts, we will be sharing simple and tangible tips that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. All right, you guys, welcome to today's podcast. We have Rena Vocone on with us, and we're going to be talking about burnout. We're going to be talking about balancing life with work career and all of those different things. So welcome. Thank you, Shannon, for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. Yeah. So let's just dive in and give everybody a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do, what you specialize in. Absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Rena Bacone and I'm the founder and CEO of a health and wellness company based in San Diego called Passion Fit. And the mission of my company is to empower women to flourish both personally and professionally through wellness. Um, I focus on holistic wellness, which includes fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, and work-life balance. And after many years, about a 16, 17-year career in corporate America, um, having worked for big tech companies, including Google most recently, after experiencing uh, burnout, you know, being 
being a mom of two kids, uh, being a dual career couple with my husband who also has worked in tech and still does, I made the leap. Um, it was definitely a daunting leap at the time, but made the leap to try to help and empower other women who might also be struggling with burnout or work-life balance, who may also be mothers like myself. And um, I'm just seven years later, I'm so glad that I made the leap because I really feel like I'm able to help other women and make an impact. And I'm just so grateful that I'm able to do what I love. Yeah. And so before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about your history and leaving corporate America and all of the things. So you mentioned that both you and your husband at the time, you said seven years ago, is that right? Yeah. I left Google seven years ago to start PassionBit. Okay. So you guys were experiencing burnout. What did that look like? Yeah, you know, I I talk a lot about it in my new book called The Wellness Empowered Woman. That's my opening chapter. And, you know, I just, I I went through this period of, (coughs) excuse me, I have allergies this time of year. It's not COVID, but if I cough, I apologize. Um, I, I just found that it was hard to keep up with the daily expectations of me at work and at home. Um, I, by nature, am a perfectionist. I'm a type A personality. I should say I'm a recovering perfectionist trying to move past that. Um, But during that time, I just felt like I was letting myself down. I was letting my family down, my employer down. And I just felt exhausted. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't making time to exercise, which is something that I love to do. And so that I, I just knew through that experience that something needed to change. And my husband had his own experiences with health issues. And so when you've got two of us you know, burning the midnight oil in that daily grind of work and trying to balance our household and our kids. And we're both not feeling well. Um, And we most importantly have two young kids to take care of. That's when you really kind of have to take a look at your daily life and your priorities and, and consider making changes. And that's what happened for me. Yeah. And what was that kind of tipping point for you to realize, Hey, I needed to make this change. And you know, I'm going to take that leap. Yeah. So it took me a couple of years, but for me, the tipping point, there were kind of two events that occurred during that year when I made the change. Finally, one was uh, the loss of my grandfather. Um, He's my maternal grandfather. Um, He was my last living grandparent and (coughs) excuse me, he passed away from heart disease and he, and it was actually on my birthday that he passed away. So that was just, you know, very yeah, shocking and heartbreaking. And um, he, I was very close with him. He was actually one of my biggest champions of my passions for health and wellness. And he always had encouraged me to pursue a career in it, even when I was in the midst of my corporate career. So that's where it was staring me in the face, right? Like you just, everything comes to a halt and you realize what matters and, you know, the legacy you want to leave behind your loved ones, how precious life is, how short life is. So that was definitely a very pivotal moment in losing him. And then also at work, you know, we were going through another reorg of our department and I, (coughs) excuse me, um, had been managing, you know, um, accounts and, and client relationships on the West coast. But because of this reorg, my responsibilities were going to turn national and I was going to be responsible for clients in the publishing and, um, entertainment industries across the country. And I just knew with everything going on with losing my grandfather, with my kids, with, um, you know, the burnout and (laughs) excuse me, 
<coughs> and everything else that, you know what, I, I don't think that this is going to be sustainable or feasible. And so in that moment, I also knew, I don't think I can keep going. And it was a hard decision because I loved my job at Google. Yeah. <coughs> I had a wonderful team, um, a wonderful boss and management team. And, you know, it was hard to walk away from that, but everybody was very understanding. I think anybody who knows me knows that I'm passionate about health and wellness. So when I told them what I wanted to do, it was no surprise. They, they said, of course, that's what you would do next. Like it makes sense. And we totally support you and you should go on and do it. So getting that support from work and from my family really helped, but it was a hard decision for sure. And there was just so much else happening in my life at that time. Yeah. What did that conversation look like with your husband when he, when you first brought it up and you started going with the idea, was he like, totally on board and like, yeah, let's do it. Or was he like, Oh, no. You know, he's he's always been very supportive of what I want to do. I mean, he really does believe in me. Um, Again, knowing me so well, he probably knows me better than anybody right at this point. We've been together for 20 years, married for 18. And so the health and wellness piece was something that he knew I was always passionate about. And when I told him, you know, that I had this idea, you know, he's, you know, obviously the, the husband in him was very supportive. The business part and the practical side of him was, you know, let's let's look at a business plan. You know, my my dad said the same thing. Like before you make this leap, like really think through what your business is going to look like, how you're going to do this, what is your business plan and revenue model going to look like, and all of that. So yes, and, and I naturally would not just make a leap like that without having thought it through. Um, so I think that was really just the only feedback of just think it through, make sure this is what you want to do. I'm here for you. I support you. I love you. And if this is going to make you happy, and if this is going to also help us better balance our family, let's do it. So, yeah. 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 I think, and my husband is probably very similar to that where he's super supportive of, yeah, if you feel like that's the right thing to do, great. But then there's the like, oh my gosh, we're we're walking away, taking a risk from a yearly salary. Or we're we're taking this risk, of not only losing this yearly salary, but then having to invest in the business, and we don't know. Exa- I mean, we can predict. We can do whatever we can to predict when that ROI is going to come in. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> there's still that risk. So, yeah. for you, how did you manage? the fear, the risk, the insecurity, you know, whatever those uh, feelings, how did you manage that? Yeah. And how did that push you into becoming as successful as you are? Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard. And it was something that I tried to plan in advance. So I think, as I mentioned, it took me two years to leave Google and to make this shift. And so during that time, I was always thinking about how this business would run, what the, <coughs> excuse me, the offerings would look like, um, you know, built a business plan, I saved, you know, all of my bonuses from, you know, my sales and business development role, I was saving for, you know, a couple of years to kind of build up to have that to invest in the business. Um, and just, you know, really um, started launching certain things on the side just to kind of see 
excuse me, and test the market a little bit. Um, so I, you know, started a YouTube channel, I started blogging, and started doing things that didn't take any initial investment, but that allowed me to start kind of pouring in my my creativity and my passions into developing content and seeing if there was a need for it in the market. You know, it was a really good opportunity to kind of test out the idea while I was still working for Google before I made that leap. So for any women out there that are wanting to make a change, don't feel like it has to be this like, you know, very drastic situation. You can start to think about it and plan while you're still in your current role and make the change when you feel ready and comfortable to do so. You know, it, it can, it doesn't have to be just an on and off switch. It can be a process and a gradual one. And you can save, you can plan, you can talk to your loved ones financially about what's going to make the most sense so that um, it is something that can be realistic and that doesn't feel like such a huge loss, especially financially. Yeah, I totally did the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Everybody has their own way to do it, right? Yes. Well, and I wish I would have done it a little bit more like that. So I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, so I had like no income, quote unquote, of, for myself, right? We had family money and my husband have a great job. He's always taking care of us, always provided for us. And so it was more of like, this is something that I know I need to do. And yeah. I was like, I left corporate America at like 20 to have babies. Like, so <laughs> I didn't have a lot of professional background or anything like that. And so I just went in, I paid $10,000 to hire a business coach. And I was like, teach me all of the things. <laughs> and, um, you know, thankfully for me, that was really hard and really scary. And I remember I did it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, $10,000. Like, uh, you know, I was like, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to work on this and sustain this? And, you know, when am I going to see that ROI? And just all of those different pieces kind of flashed before my eyes. Uh-huh. Thankfully, <laughs> my coach was very, very good at what she did. And I did uh-huh. see that ROI within three months. Um, yeah. but I do recommend me what you did because it's a whole lot less stress. And if you're already dealing with burnout, <laughs> that can be a big, a big thing to help reduce that stress. So what are your thoughts when it comes to a work-life balance? Is that realistic? And how do you define that for someone like yourself or for a, someone you would work with? Yeah, you know, I think work-life balance has become a buzzword, right? And I think people have different reactions to it. I think for some people, it's a frustrating term. For other people, it's it's hope. It's something to aspire to. So what I would say about work-life balance is, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, Are we always going to have this perfect balance between our career and our family life? No, I mean, that's just not realistic. But the way that I would define it, and I know some people in the industry call it work-life integration. Um, Again, in my book, I talk a lot about this, but I think ultimately, regardless of the term, um, regardless of you know, what society expects of you to have that balance. I think each person just needs to think about what's going to make the most sense for them. You know, I feel like if you can find a way for your personal and your professional life to coexist in a way that works for you and your family and your employer, then that's how you can achieve the right balance or whatever integration or whatever you want to call it. Um, For me, I think it's important to 
have my non-negotiables because I lost sight of those when I went through burnout. So in my calendar, I, you know, have time blocked off for things like, you know, making nutritious meals for my family and eating healthy for making sure that I'm getting exercise in, you know, five, six days out of the week. Um, you know, and then again, this is for me, it's going to be different for everybody to make sure that I make time for mindfulness in the morning or at night um, to have my bedtime, you know, ironed out so that I'm getting at least seven to eight hours hours of sleep and things are going to move and change and it's not going to be perfect. And there is going to be chaos and, you know, being a mom of two kids and an entrepreneur and a husband who has a very busy demanding career in tech, things don't always go according to plan. But I think if you have the intentions and you have the tools and you have it built into your schedule in a way that for the most part, let's say the 80, 20 rule, right? 80% yeah. of the time you are doing those things. That's going to, in my mind, it's also going to help you to be more productive with your work and to actually still succeed and be successful in your career. If you're building in time for those things for yourself. Um, and then of course, making time for family. So I'm a soccer mom and a basketball mom. And so my evenings and weekends are pretty much filled with soccer games and tournaments and same with, you know, basketball for both of my sons. And I don't want to miss those things. So I make sure that I keep those times open for my family, for dinners, for, you know, family events. So that's kind of how I manage it. But again, I think everybody has to look at their life and what works for them, what works again for their family and their employer or their own business. If you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you talked about how these are non-negotiables for you. Exercise, making meals for your family, sleeping, um, and mindfulness, right? Even as someone who struggles with burnout myself, and I go through periods where I'm like, hustle, 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 work, work, work. And then I'm like, whoa, this is too much. You know, I need to back off. I need to rest. I need to, you know, recover. And I have found for myself personally, I can go through six to eight weeks, depending on what else is happening in life, where I can work and I can work really hard and be very, very focused. And then I need like almost a week break, <laughs> like yeah. a like a mental break, a vacation, um, so to speak. And not that I stop working and, you know, lay down and eat bonbons the whole time. <laughs> yeah. but just time to get a little break from your what you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I try to schedule projects in mm-hmm. such a way that okay, knowing what my capacity is, right? Looking looking ahead, not just a week or two weeks, but looking ahead for my family. Hey, this basketball season is starting or this season is going to be amping up. It may not be a great time for me to bring on a new project, write a book, whatever it is. So I think that's really important in understanding your own cycle of like what you need to rest, recover, repair, rejuvenate, whatever the word is that resonates with you in this. Yes. I agree. And I, I think, you know, not that everybody has to go out and become an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur and work for themselves. But I know for me personally, that is one of the reasons why I did decide to go off on my own, because then I would have that flexibility to be able to take on projects um, and collaborations and partnerships and things that made sense and that I had the bandwidth for. And then I could postpone things or say no to things if it wasn't going to work out with the rest of my schedule or the rest of 
of, you know, what was happening in my life at that time. So to be able to have that kind of control over your schedule is, you know, freeing um, to be able to, to balance as much as you can. But even if you do work for another company, I think, you know, especially after what we've experienced in the last 18 to 20 months in the pandemic, I think a lot more employees are, you know, wanting flexibility and wanting their employers to understand that they are trying to balance a lot of things. And I think it's really opened up a conversation that needed to be had. Um, So that actually is, in my mind, a silver lining of what we've been through, because everybody is more empathetic, more understanding, and there's more of a focus on mental and physical health, I feel like, than ever before in my lifetime. And I'm hopeful um, that that will allow for individuals and employers and entrepreneurs to find what's going to work for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I I mean, obviously, I'm self-employed, you're self-employed, but our husbands work in, let's just say corporate America, and my husband has been coming home telling me that hit like upper management for them are having conversations around what can we do for our employees how can we incentivize them how can we make this work and I think a lot of companies at least my husband's company is realizing that a lot can be done remotely and things are changing and I think we can dwell on all the bad (laughs) that came from it um, but there's also, like you were saying, a lot of good that has come from employers, you know, having more empathy, understanding, hey, they're homeschooling their kids or distance learning or whatever, and trying to manage <laughs> meetings yeah. from home and everything. So I think there is definitely some good that has come from this. But absolutely, wh- what does holistic wellness look like for you and why is that important? Yeah, I think holistic wellness is a huge focus for me because I do certifications in various areas of wellness that it's all interconnected. Um, I, you know, did a, a, a TEDx talk last year about this time last year called "Why Wellness Is a Secret to Personal and Professional Success," and I talk about what I like to call the four pillars of wellness, which are mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And they do affect one another, what you're thinking in your mind, what you're feeling emotionally, uh, maybe what you, you know, believe in terms of, you know, a cause or something bigger than yourself. It also does have a physical impact on you and vice versa. Um, So that's where I just feel that it's important to be thinking about all these different aspects of how you're eating, how you're moving your body, how you're managing your stress, your relationships, and these different elements of your life, um, because they do interrelate to one another, and you can't really neglect one or the other. Um, Now, one thing I will say is I often get the question from clients and other groups that I talk to, you know, and the question is how it's daunting to think about doing all of these things. How can I focus on getting enough sleep and eating well and exercising? I I can't do it all. And I always tell people, you don't have to do it all at once. I think it is important and most realistic to pick one thing at a time and really make sure that that becomes a healthy habit and a part of your daily life. And then you can add, you know, the next thing and the next thing. So taking just with anything in life, right, you can't do 80 things at once, but if you really focus on one, prioritize it and master it, then you can focus on adding these additional practices and habits and behaviors that will then over time give you that holistic approach to wellness. 
Um, so it's a, it's a step-by-step process and it takes time, but once you can get there and it does become again, just part of your daily life, you'll be able to see the benefits both mentally and physically, emotionally, and spiritually, um, over time. Yeah. Thank you. That was actually going to be one of my questions for someone. Cause like you, I deal with a lot of people that are like, you're telling me I need to drink water and I need to exercise and I need to, you know, it's just so much, especially if you're really in burnout, it's like, this is too much. I can't even get started. And then you become, I think, paralyzed. Right. So I love that you talked about just starting with one area, working on food, working on water, working on movement, whatever it may be, and start mm-hmm. with something in my opinion, and you can, you can disagree and tell us what you think, but start with something that may be easy for you. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Something that you enjoy, something that is more natural to you because then you're going to have some success with it. Right. And then once you feel successful, then you'll be able to have that motivation and that confidence to take on the next change. And, you know, my hope is, and maybe this is a little bit idealistic of me, but I kind of feel like some of these wellness practices should ideally, or can ideally be like brushing your teeth every day, right? Like putting your shoes on when you walk out the door. I mean, there's things that we don't think twice about because it's part of our daily hygiene or our daily routine. And hopefully, you know, things like moving your body, eating well, sleeping well, hydrating, you know, practicing mindfulness in my mind, those things are just as important um, in a way that works for each individual. Um, I'm not going to, you know, with my clients, I'm not going to tell them exactly what they need to eat, what they need to do to exercise or how they practice mindfulness, because those are very personal things. But if you can take the time to figure out what's going to work for you, maybe partnering with your doctor or any other um, healthcare professionals that you work with to kind of figure out based off of, you know, genetics or your dietary restrictions or, you know, joint issues or injuries, whatever limitations you may have, you can work with people to figure out what's the right plan for you. But again, hopefully over time, it becomes as routine as brushing your teeth in the morning. Yeah, I love that. I re- So here's just a quick little story. I remember when I was trying to like do all the things that you're talking about. I say overhaul my life. I was struggling energy, you know, burnout. I was, I was like, I just don't want to cook and clean, you know, and wipe bums all day. I want to do something, but I was not taking care of myself. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, you know, doing all the things that I needed to. And somebody was like, keep a gratitude, figure out how grateful you are for things. And I was like, that just felt like one more thing that I had to do. And so what I actually started doing um, was I kept like a mental note instead of like physically writing it down, I would say to myself, pinch me, this is real life. And that was my way of saying, I'm so grateful for the hug that I just got from my kid, or I'm so grateful that my husband sent me a in the middle of the day or you know whatever it was because yeah. keeping a journal <laughs> was not right. me at that time so yes. the reason I share that with the listeners is because I want you guys to realize that it doesn't have to be hard it can just be something so find mm-hmm. nuggets surround yourself with people who are talking about this stuff maybe using some of the language 
and try out a lot of different things and be like, okay, this works, this sticks, this doesn't. Exactly. I, I completely agree. It's trying different things. Sometimes it will be trial and error and, you know, just t- taking your time with it and taking it at your own pace. There's no race to the finish line. This, these are lifestyle changes and hopefully they can become lifelong changes. Um, but it takes time and investment to figure out what's going to work for you. And I think that is the key is that everybody is different and there isn't a right or wrong per se, or an exact formula as to how you practice wellness or how you find work-life balance or integration. Um, there are tools and there are you know ideas and there are professionals that can help you. But I think deep down, each individual really knows themselves better than anyone and will be able to decipher what's going to work and what's not going to work for them. And that's kind of in my work, that's what I want to do is, you know, provide all of the resources and my knowledge and my experience and skills, but then help them come to the answer for them and the solution that's going to work best for them and then help them get that type of ownership around it so that they can really, you know, be vested in it. Because if the client doesn't want to make the change, it's really hard to get them to do it and to stick with it, right? I'm sure you've noticed that, Shannon, with your client work, you have to really want to make the change and understand the value of doing it um, in order for it to stick and really be impactful in your life. Yeah, you used an interesting word, you said invest in yourself. So let me ask you, what does investing in yourself mean? Does that mean you got to spend a whole bunch of money on yourself? But like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because it is something that's important to clarify. I think for everybody listening in, investment doesn't need to mean financial. Um, when I say investment, I think of it more as t- investing some time and some energy um, and just prioritizing yourself. So making an investment in yourself means that you value yourself, you're important, and you're going to take the time to figure out how to make the changes that you need to. Um, do you want if you want to spend a certain amount of money, you know, to get support or other resources or, you know, things that are going to help you. Sure. I think, again, that's up to the individual, but investing in yourself does not have to mean financially for sure. It can just mean investing again, your time and your energy and your focus. Yeah. Okay. So with that being said, (laughs) I'm going to ask you a really hard question. I have worked with a lot of women who struggle with self-esteem and self-worth and confidence and things like that. So for the women who are struggling to feel, let's say, worthy of investing in themselves, they feel like I'm a mom, I'm, you know, this, that, like my job is to worry about everybody else and then worry about myself. What advice would you give them? Or what would you say to that person who is like, I just can't, I, I don't know how, or do you have anything for them? Yeah, I mean, one, I would, I would just be empathetic, because I think no matter who you are, or where you come from, or what your situation is, I think as humans, we've all had periods of our life where we don't feel as worthy, we don't feel as confident, and our self esteem is not as high as we would like it to be. I think it's happened to all of us. It's happened to me. Um, And I I always try to share that with my clients, (coughs) and let them know that they're not alone. Um, So I think that would be the first thing, because when you know that you're not alone and that every other human at some point has felt the same way as you, then it allows you to feel like, okay, 
you know, I, I, I everybody else struggles. <laughs> excuse me. Everybody else struggles, but you know, I can make some steps or make some changes to maybe change my mindset or my thinking. And I know that it's not something that's easy for. I know that that's something that's not easy for everyone and it could take years, right. To undo maybe that inner voice or that programming in your head. Um, but I think having community and having support around you is really important. And just knowing that if you feel that your role is to take care of other people, while you do, you know, want to prioritize them, you're not going to be as effective in taking care of those people if you can't take care of yourself first. And so you really need to fill your own cup. I know that's cliche, but taking care of your own health and well-being will allow you, it will allow you to have the ability to then effectively care for others. So those were those would be some of the things that. I would say, and that I do say to my clients, um, and I think it's just meeting them where they are. And again, really being empathetic and understanding that change like this is not easy for everyone. And so you can't just expect everyone to be ready to go and ready to make those changes. And I think working with people, meeting them where they are and taking small steps to help them, to help them build their confidence will really help. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. So last question, and then we will wrap this up. So how can you achieve personal and professional success through wellness? Yes. So um, the connection there is that when you are taking care of your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, um, and you're feeling confident and good, because sometimes that confidence that we were just talking about can come from actually feeling well, when you don't feel well, it's hard to be confident within yourself, right? But if you're well rested, and you're eating healthy, you've got energy, you're moving, um, that confidence could actually come from that. And then you can actually channel that into your career, you're going to be more productive, you're going to